to make extremely difficult and soul-searching decisions. We talking about Welcome once again to Not Another Philly Sports Talk Show. This is Mike Sielski from the Philadelphia Inquirer, joined by the always natural David Murphy from the Philadelphia Daily News. Murph, how's it going? Uh, I want to jump off a cliff. Why is that? Because we just had this, you know, you know why? We just had this photo shoot for, for uh, <laughs> so they, the bosses, the bosses found out about this podcast, unfortunately, and <laughs> it's one way to now it's, it. now, now we, we've got photo shoots, we've got, um, magazine spreads, magazine spreads, um, what else happened? Um, I'm trying to think, Sandra, sh- Sandra Bullock asked you to the Oscars, I think. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we have this, uh, we have this, we had this photo shoot in the studio and I'm not a very photogenic person to begin with. And man, it took like it a, took a long it was, time. It was, an, it was a grueling hour. It was. Now I know how. Uh, My mic, of course, is like little Mr. T-shirt's pet, which just makes it even worse because the photographer is like, oh, my, Mike, you're like, so Murph, cute. Murph, smile more like Mike. Mike, you're so cute. Hey. My, Mike's got this adorable little. When you little, got it, you got it, man. You Mike's know? got this adorable little sunscreen baby, copper tone baby smile. <laughs> And then when he laughs like yeah, that, I wish it you just were lying, bothers but me you're even not. more. I wish when I wish you were. But anyway, let's talk lying. about. All right, so Demarco Murray. Okay. I got. Let's talk about Demarco Murray first because. Okay. I haven't spoken with you since I read this this report. The, the Demarco Murray leak continues yes. to. Drip, drip, drip. Emit. Yeah. That's, uh, this like, well, all right. So get. here's my question: What does Demarco Murray think is going to happen? Like, well, I mean, what the Eagles cannot cut Demarco Murray. They can't do it. It would be stupid. They would be better off. Again, they would, they would they would save money. They would save five million dollars just keeping him on the roster and making him inactive every week, which is a possibility if Demarco Murray really wants things to go that route. What does he think can happen in between now and the start of next season that that will get him out of Philadelphia? If he wants, to you know get what will out. happen if he can re, he could renegotiate his contract if he right. wants. Exactly. You know, I wonder if there's some way. I wonder what his end game really is. If it really is. The desire to get out of Philadelphia, if only because I'm not, I'm not arguing that if Chip Kelly were still the head coach, he wouldn't want to get out. Of course, he would. He right. had a lousy year. Chip didn't use him the right way. He wasn't productive when he was used, etc. But Chip Kelly's gone. You have a new offense. You have a new head coach. You have new possibilities here. And I wonder, I wonder if he's making demands somehow in the sense that. It's going to get him a bigger role in the offense. I, I don't know. know. I don't was, know the, the logic in his mind. It I, was very weird because, again, you, you would think that I, I don't know. I mean, I get the sense that he wants to go back to Dallas because the, the the whole report is. And we've talked about this before. Just the way these reports kind of go. Like, you, I mean, a lot of times reporters are, and, and you know, whatever. That's it's it's the way the game works. But a lot of times you're serving as the mouthpiece of whatever source is whispering in your ear. So if the source's agenda is to get DeMarco Murray back to Dallas, you sometimes have to like piece the smoke screen together. And I, I seem to remember the report mentioned that Murray is building a home in, you know, right. Texas and like really enjoyed his yada yada. It's almost like DeMarco Murray wants his cake and he wants to eat it in, in Texas. Right. And I'm, and I'm sure he's looking at the Cowboys. He wants to situa- eat his cake in Texas. <laughs> Well, How's that for mixing metaphors? That's very good. But I'm sure he's looking at the Cowboys situation and saw and seeing like Joseph Randall's gone and they right, but it's just a weird back. way right. to, I, to to greet a new coach, you know, not even knowing what the game plan is and and you know. Well, I think you know, 
I think sometimes we give these guys way too much credit for being more calculating than they actually are. I mean, it may just be he's telling his agents, get me to Dallas. I don't care what you have to do. Get me to Dallas. And they're forgetting the fact, or at least he's forgetting the fact, that, as you said, it would make absolutely no sense for the Eagles to cut him at all. I mean, it would be $13 million against the salary cap you know, to not play the guy. And I no mean, one's going to, I don't even know if Dallas is going to, why would Dallas trade for the guy with this, with that contract? I mean, there's a reason they had a chance to match that contract and, and, and chose not to, and chose not to. So why would they then after a worse season, turn around and trade anything of consequence for the same contract that on the open market, they declined to match. Yeah. They I, wouldn't. I mean, yeah. It's, sort of, it's self-evidential that DeMarco Murray with his current deal is not going to be anywhere else except for Philadelphia. So, right. And you have the possibility, he has the possibility to be better than he was last season. Right, but I guess what I'm saying is DeMarco Murray should just be quiet because, you know, he he can facilitate his departure from Philadelphia if he agrees to renegotiate his contract and make it more team-friendly to whatever team wants to acquire him. Then I'm mm-hmm. sure maybe the Cowboys might have some interest. But in the meantime, all you're doing is making life difficult for Doug Peterson as he begins to transition into his era here right and it's one more thing that is making life difficult for doug peterson i mean we've talked yeah, about that's what i'm saying yeah well but what i mean is you already have he already has enough that's difficult you right. know you've got to make a decision about sam bradford uh you've got to all right let's stop stop right there okay the, the decision has been made the, the, all right the, the okay. Cali, there's only like, i know people think that like it's just funny to hear like if eagles still haven't decided whether to re-sign sam bradford or you know those decisions have been made mm. i mean like, what do you, what do we think Howie Roseman's doing? You know, do you think he has like deciding paper or plastic, or like if do he's going to have the fillet or, or salmon, any, or like? Do like, you think there's any? This chance? is the most important decision that he's had to make, and it's it's not a complicated decision. Do we want to sign Sam Bradford or do we not? It's already been made. Do you let me play devil's advocate? Do you think there's any hope that they're going to the that they go to the combine, see something out of a quarterback? Doesn't have to be a prospective first round pick that makes them change their minds about whether. You know, let's say they go there thinking we're going to re-sign Bradford, and they see something and go, "Wait a minute, we don't have to re-sign Bradford. We love that guy. We can get him." Well, whether that's smart or not, I wouldn't put saying. anything past this regime, but that's a bad way to do business because if you you are not the field of Eagles are not getting one of the top two quarterbacks in this draft, um, unless something crazy happens in between now and the draft. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are both projected to be top five picks. Cleveland Browns are definitely taking one of them. Right. And then I would assume that the Tennessee Titans then would then auction off that number one pick to like whoever, right. whether it's the Cowboys, whether it's the Chargers, whether it's the Rams. Oh, I, my money, my yeah, money would be pick. on the Rams. My money would be on the Rams. Mm-hmm. The fact is the Eagles are not going to be that team because they simply do not have. I mean, it's very logical. Just the Rams have more motivation to get a quarterback and they have more ammunition to get a quarterback because they have the Eagles second round pick and the Eagles. The, Put it this way, no matter what the Eagles do, if they end up with one of the top two quarterbacks, it's probably going to be a dumb decision because it's they're going to have to trade so much that they're not going to be able to build around that quarterback. I mean, they need – this is a very big draft for them. They need to start getting but some – But you're also talking about an organization that drafted Kevin Cobb in the second round in 2007 under the premise that he would be the heir to Donovan McNabb. Right. I'm not suggesting that was a smart thing to but do. But you still need the guy who's going to get you. I guess what I'm saying is, unless it's one of the top two quarterbacks, there's a very large uncertainty potential, and he's I probably agree. more of a developmental guy, which means you need you need someone to get you. I agree. Like the I'm, one thing oh, we've I'm learned not, in the hold NFL. Hold on, hold on. Let me just yeah, make yeah, my yeah, point. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I don't disagree with you that that's the way they ought to go you about doing not. it. My point is, in the past, 
which it seems as if they are trying to replicate the success that they had early and, you know, for the first half, you know, let's well, say that success tenure. came before Kevin Cobb. I know. But my point is Howie Roseman was in player personnel at the time and was part of the decision making in saying we can get a franchise quarterback in the second round. What makes you think that they've learned anything since then? What? No, I just think that that they they didn't they didn't draft Kevin Cobb in the second round and then cut Donovan McNabb. What I'm no. saying is you still need you still need, like, this okay. whole notion that you're signing off for a decade of Sam Bradford is just not correct. I don't I know agree. how many times I have to say it. It's it's it just all you have to do is look at the contracts that these quarterbacks sign. You're committing. You're making a three or a four year commitment max, mm-hmm. and it can be structured in such a way where it's only a three year commitment. Ryan Tannehill was only like a two or three year commitment. You right. know, I mean, it's 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 this is not. This is not how contracts work. Like this is not Ryan Howard signing a ten-year, three hundred million dollar deal. This is going to be a three or four-year commitment after which you can move on to anybody you'd like. And frankly, you can start moving on before that. It's just that you can't cut this guy for three years. Um, so what I'm saying is, is why would you when you know Tom Brady didn't really hit his NRA season as a starter until his third or fourth season in the league. Aaron Rodgers third or fourth season in the league. Philip Rivers third or fourth season in the league. Uh, Brock Osweiler now, you know, I mean, we just on and on and on. Why, why would you, why would you willingly say, not only are we going to draft a guy, not only are we going to take the chance that this guy, which I wrote a column today, Tuesday, February, whatever it is in today's daily news that essentially showed that you've got a less than a 50% chance, even when you're drafting a quarterback with the one of the first 12 picks in the draft. I mean, more, way more of these guys are busts than turn out to be the guy everyone thinks Sam Bradford isn't. Right. Uh, and and to, to bully. Why would they, what I'm saying is why would they why would they give themselves that 50 percent plus uncertainty risk plus increase the pressure on this kid to play right away by not having a guy ready? And I mean, I just don't see what the down like. Why if you're gonna if you have a guy you're gonna draft, why not sign Sam Bradford anyway? And you know, ease him um, in. Okay, because I'll, I'll play devil's advocate, okay? okay, as somebody who thinks they ought to resign Bradford. Right. Because the template that Andy Reid followed. No, no, no. no hold on, hold on. Okay. Just let me finish. Let me finish. I'm not, I'm not arguing the merits okay. of what you're saying. All right. I'm trying to, to account for what the Eagles might do, whether okay. it's smart or not. Right. Because the template that Doug Peterson is familiar with in Philadelphia was him hold, keeping Donovan McNabb's seat warm for half a season before Donovan McNabb took over. Right. So if you are the Eagles and you're Doug Peterson, maybe the calculation in your in your collective mind is that rather than pay Sam Bradford $20 million for the franchise right, tag or whatever, right. hold on, hold on. Okay. Just let me finish. I'm not Again, I'm not saying okay. this is smart. All right. Is what we'd rather do is let Bradford walk away, draft a quarterback this year that we've targeted. doesn't matter whether we get him first round, second round, whatever. We know this guy. We, we trust that this guy can play because our guys are, our people are smart and they've scouted. And then we can bring in somebody, a Chase Daniel, we can hold on to Mark Sanchez, whatever the case may be, quarterback X, who is not a long-term solution, and even by long-term meaning like a year or two, he keeps the seat warm for the kid. And then we have more money to spend to give the Fletcher Cox to do whatever we need to do in the offensive line, wide receiver, linebackers, etc. I'm not saying that's the, the right thing to do. I'm saying they might be thinking that. Well, I guess what, I'm, I, guess what I would say is that Doug Peterson is far more familiar with the other way to do things, which is give the guy who might not be a franchise changer 
the contract because right. you know it's hard to get a guy. And again, again, I keep going back to Alex Smith and Kansas City, but it's mm-hmm. a perfect parallel. I mean, they were in the, the Chiefs were in the same situation here. Yes, the question. But Let, then, if they had, if they had bid, like Doug Peterson knows, if they had bid adieu to Alex Smith rather than you know give him the kind of money people just can't fathom the Eagles giving Bradford, if the Chiefs had declined to do that, they still would not have been any position to draft a quarterback he need he knows that the question is a do howie roseman and jeffrey lurie know that and b even if even if peterson as we are assuming knows that are howie and jeff going to allow him to follow that sort of plan we'll see you know i think it's i mean i think it's I think it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, again, if, if, if this would be a lot different if they had a, if they had either a top five pick or the chance to move up into the top. I five. agree. Because I agree. Again, I, you I, know, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are the two like they're they're Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota this year. Right. Uh, I mean, they've got they've got that kind of upside, or they don't have that kind of upside. But uh, you know, I they both have huge. I mean, Wentz has as high a ceiling as mm-hmm. anyone since Andrew Luck. I mean, he's just got all the tools. And Goff, I think, is is one of the safer. Goff actually reminds me of Winston a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got he's got the tools uh you know he's a very i think he's a lot safer i mean yeah he's, 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 yeah i would agree with that i think he's i actually think Jared goff has a very high likelihood of being a very good nfl quarterback right and but I, the fact of the matter eagles just will not they cannot there's nothing they can do you know somebody will be more motivated to get that number one pick and agree. have more ammunition to do it so therefore you're talking about they they, they would have to absolutely love this number th- i mean it's right. just so I, I just can't see them doing business that way, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know. Um, like I said, we, it would have to be, I mean, it would have to be. There's, there's, not, there, there's nothing, like they've been on this, this, this hamster wheel at the quarterback position for so long now. Um, and I, I, the question I have. But why, do, why do people want, I don't understand. This is what I don't understand. And, and I don't know if you, got, you guys can email me or something. If people are actually <laughs> listening to this, can you email me or go on Twitter or just call. I'll give you my cell phone number. Like, explain to me what the mentality is of these Eagles fans who want to stay on this hamster wheel. Like, is there is there like everyone's because like, everyone's in, like we know what Sam Bradford is. It's like, but you'd rather like Sam Bradford is better than a lot of the guys that you're going to end up for, for the same reason that before even before Andy Reid's final two seasons when the bottom fell out. Right. They were tired of Andy Reid, even though they were going 11 and five every year and getting in the playoffs. And it was, we're sick of Andy Reid. We know what Andy Reid is. We're never going to get to the Super Bowl. We're never going to win a Super Bowl with Andy Reid. They want the excitement, the new, but the I, different. But I understand, I understand wanting that like for the first two or three years. But like we're on like five or six quarterbacks now. JT, JT in the house. And then they want it again. Yes. And then they want it again. Yes. And again and again. But that's and what again. I'm saying. Why? Yes. I don't understand why. Can somebody explain that to me? Why, why do you, What? Yeah, it's, because it's, it's catnip. catnip. It's the catnip of hope. It's catnip. It's, ca- it's, it's, it's hope. It's coming, it's, well, catnip, it's coming out the other end of the cat. <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing with you. And I don't, I don't even listen to sports talk radio in this town all that much. As yeah, you're, like, you're at, but, look. But it's, yeah, go ahead. There, there, well, there's two different things. Look, I'm, I'm coming at this as somebody who agrees with you wholeheartedly that they should re-sign Bradford. That the cost doesn't matter. As do I, by the yes, way. Yes, the cost shouldn't matter. You saw what he did in the second half of the season. Whatever, he's going to be better than all your other options this year, especially once Jeffrey Lurie has indicated and Howie Roseman has indicated by the moves they've made that they think in a, in a lousy NFC East, they can go ahead and compete right away if, if they're, you know, they solidify a few positions. Okay, well, you can solidify your quarterback position very easily by re-signing Sam Bradford. 
I'm not suggesting that that's not the right thing to do. I'm suggesting, A, that um, people in Philadelphia like the new because they're afraid that they don't want to, they, they get bored after a while, I think. Honestly, I think that's it with respect to the Eagles. I think they got bored with Andy Reid. They got bored with Donovan McNabb. They, they decided, you know what? I'd, I'd rather watch anything else and hope that it works out than um, watch another season of Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb win 10 or 11 games and lose a playoff game again. Okay. So, so yeah. So I that's guess. one thing. The other thing is I'm not convinced the Eagles actually know what they're doing you know, and are intelligent enough to to think it through in this way. Right, but I'm saying the fan. Like, I don't understand. So, so it's I. You're talking to the ultimate quarterback snob. I love quarterbacks. I, I. But but at the same time, I think that we've learned and we've talked about this that that you can in the meantime, before you get Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Ben Roethlisberger, one of the five or six guys there are. In the meantime, you can still win a Super Bowl if you build around a quarterback who's not a glaring lot like there's three again we talked about this a little last week before that that whole podcast just went off the rails <laughs> it took did. me like three days to get my blood pressure back down <laughs> but um um there's 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 essentially again break it into thirds there's there's the elite you know say whatever third i'm just being approximate right. there's there's a tier that's elite there's a tier, and then there's a tier that you can't win with at all with. Right. The Christian Ponders, Jake Lockers, right. like, you just can't win with them. And then everybody else to me is in that middle tier. And the guys guys in that middle tier who have won a Super Bowl include Eli Manning, Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson. Yeah, even Russell. Like, again, you know, I'm just trying to be as unconscious. I don't, I don't want people to give anybody anything to like dispute my argument. So I'll even leave Russell. Let's pretend Russell Wilson's elite. Okay. But like Peyton Manning this year was in that tier. Sure. Um, I mean, there's it, it's it happens a lot. It actually happens a lot more than people. Jeff Hostetler. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brad Johnson, on, Trent you know. Dilfer, Brad Johnson, Rich. I mean, I guess Rich Cannon didn't win, did he? No, but, but he got there. Right. But so so Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. got. I mean. It's not out of the realm of possibility for a team in a bad division to sneak into the playoffs at nine and seven, get a you know have a quarterback you know make a, a few big throws, a helmet catch here, a Mario Manningham catch that there, and then all of a sudden we're talking about a guy being a Hall of Famer, even though he's really not a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like I totally it would be like that. if the Giants said goodbye to Eli. Like Eli Manning's stats at this point of his career compared to Sam Bradford's are pretty much identical. Yes, and. And this town loves to make fun of Eli Manning. Right. And yet, it's kind of like, that's like the dissonance there where I don't get the, I don't get the logic where clearly a guy who's not a great elite all-time quarterback can win a Super Bowl if you build, not even if you build a great team around him. Like no, you can just if you, like if you have well, something else that's really I don't great, understand like, the a, argument like a pass that, rush. I don't understand the argument that you should, you know, at least Sam Bradford showed that he could be a 500 quarterback with a questionable defense and questionable supporting cast. Like he at least showed that, right? Yeah. Uh, he, was, know, he was, he was, he was seven and six this past season right. in games he started and so finished. two more wins and he's the Giants the year the first year they won the Super Bowl right now why would you want to get rid of that and take the chance of getting uh I don't even want to say Mark Sanchez because like, people are just like forget that Mark they, I think they like have a black the, the the men in black show up and. <laughs> 
hold one of those things in front of their the faces flashes. whenever Mark Sanchez plays because people don't remember how awful he was. Can, can I just, just say though, by awful. the way, that is but, the, that is the oldest cultural reference, boom, you have, that's where, pop culture that's, reference you made on this. podcast That's where my history. pop culture begins: Armageddon <laughs> and Men in Black. Okay. Um, so I forget where I was going. Oh, so you're saying you want to take the chance of getting a Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert, uh, EJ Manuel. Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow. I'm just rattling off all these first-round quarterbacks that 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 are drafted in the range of the Eagles. You would rather take your chance on getting one of those guys who cannot win. I, I just need to throw Tebow in there because now all the Tebow haters are going to be emailing. <laughs> Dude, these people are. I don't know what these these people. They comment on the internet. They comment on the internet. They watch Tim Tebow play and they vote for Donald Trump. I'm convinced they're all. It is the same people. There's 30% of the American population, and that's like they're concentric. They they're the only 30% that do all three. They're the only 30% that do each of those three things. <laughs> Go ahead, John. You said Manziel. Yeah. They can have him if they want. First of all, dude, <laughs> which is unbelievable. What is what is wrong with you? Manziel? Manziel. Manziel, sorry. That sounds like a uh sounds like a dirty movie or Yeah, or Manziel. A, it's like a quality that they can, uh, they can, it, apparently that well yeah. anyway. I'll have, these the, folks man, can I'll have, have the Manziel. These folks, <laughs> these folks can have Manziel and I hope the Eagles don't. No, they don't. They don't. They, no, they, no, they, no, but no. The, my point is why would you like, like this is because the sports no no but this is the equivalency i don't understand because they're so, irrational they they say so that's good thank you that's that, it the that, world is irrational can we just get that like, yeah that's, of course but that's, that's the whole point of the show isn't that's it? that's the point of sports it's not supposed to be but my rational. point is so, not, so this is the way someone explained it to me and i fully believe this is the mentality they said we know what the we know what the ceiling is with sam bradford well first of all you don't right. second of all the ceiling very easily could have been nine and seven, and at that point, it's all who you play and how many helmet catches get made in the playoffs. You know, like that's you know what? Why would you? What my point is? Why would you? Why is that a bad thing for three or four years? Is it really worth taking the chance of ending up with a guy again, one of those guys, Locker Ponder, who you can't win with? Like you can't even go eight five hundred with. Look, like five hundred is not the floor. This we're talking like three and thirteen, four yes, and twelve. I understand all that. I, I get what you're saying. You, you're puzzled. By why people who I'm are per- called fanatics, I'm I would say I'm more perplexed than puzzled. <laughs> fanatics don't think about sports rationally, and the answer is because it's an escape from having to think rationally at their jobs, at the, in their family life, in every other aspect of their existence. Wow, that's good. That's- it is. It's the truth. I mean, that's it. You know, if you spend, we spent, we think about, we try to think about sports rationally because it's our jobs. You know, we don't think, you know, the, the, the guy who paints his chest green and silver for an Eagles game in December is not thinking about this rationally. All he wants to do is see the Eagles quarterback, whoever that is, throw the ball to the Eagles receiver, whoever that is, in the end zone for a touchdown yeah, so he can celebrate. Like, I think, I think the that's not the average fan. I mean, that's that's not every fan, but that's fringe? a lot of the fans. Are we talking about the lunatic? No, he's going to come I'm out of the lake without being frozen. His, you know, we're at but my price. point is... Exactly. My point is that's that's the most obvious, that's the stereotypical example, but there are still a lot of people who are very, you know, intelligent and astute in every other walk and every of life, every other part of their existence, but they watch I think sports. I think you're giving people too much credit. I don't think so. They watch sports and they see what they want to see because there's an emotional attachment, there's a visceral aspect to sports that draws people in, and... It's just a fact of life. It's hard for them to see. It's hard for, for instance, look at the Sixers. It's hard for people to wrap their minds and their emotions around the idea that what the Sixers have done over the last three years is totally rational and logical, okay? Because it offends them at some kind of sports morality. The idea that you 
Don't try with all your might to win every game every single season. It just, that, that offends them at some level. And while it's, you know, if you look at it in depth or even not even in depth and say, well, the system, the NBA system for improving your team is set up with these limitations. And here is the place where you can most increase your chances of being great. And you say, well, the Sixers are taking that shot. It doesn't matter. They may acknowledge that and still say, but I don't like it. And we don't like that because we are paid to not look at it that way. Are you Are you suggesting I'm a sports sociopath? No, I'm suggesting you are rational for reasons. He might be suggesting that I am, and I plead guilty. <laughs> I'm suggesting you're rational for reasons of A, your personality, and B, your job. Are you saying I lack empathy? Yeah, well, that's absolutely that's true. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely true. No, but but that's just it. That's why people get so worked up about it. Is that you, you sound know, pretty worked up right now? Very worked up. I'm All right. Sh- well, here's here's the thing. I'm spilking so, so in my connecting. So, so now here's here's the here's you the, speak Yiddish better than I do. Congratulations. <laughs> go ahead, Murph. Here's the. Uh, I don't. I do not need your permission to go ahead. No. All right. All right. Let's get that down. <laughs> sir, yes, sir. Um, I'm gonna go right on ahead. I think here's the other thing. This team needs an offensive lineman, and I, I don't think you should draft for need. But the chances are there's going to be an offensive lineman. Uh, I mean, quarterback. I guess that's that's my whole logic of of don't draft a quarterback because you don't a you shouldn't draft for need. And I think Howie Roseman's actually said that he learned that through the whole Jaquan Jarrett fiasco. Well, uh, if he did, he didn't learn it through the Marcus Smith fiasco. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't. I mean, who knows? That's that's another podcast for another time. Because True. I'm I'm part of the problem with trying to figure trying to profile these guys. It's like so hard to tell who was actually making what. Like we right. talked off air. I mean, who actually made the decision to resign Riley Cooper? Right. It's like all right. Well then. So who was making all the decisions in 2013 and 2014? Because, I mean, all of a sudden, Howie gets back in charge and, like, boom, contract extension, contract, contract extension, you know? Yeah. And if if they weren't doing those extensions, you know, because Howie... I mean, it's just, like, it's really hard to, like, make everything fit. Yes, yes. There's no logically. clear... Yeah, but anyway, long story no short clear is, chances are, you, you do not draft for need at the quarterback position. <laughs> like the, right. And and you, that is what you'll have to be doing unless you unless you sell your soul to trade into the top two to draft Wentz or Golf and then so then chances are you're going to end up passing on a guy who you really really need which is I mean there's a ton of offensive linemen I know the Michigan State kid they they I, the last mock draft I looked at McShay had mm-hmm. had the Eagles taking him but I mean they need they need every position yes like to, they put, do. to put yourself in a position where you force yourself to take a quarterback and then not have another pick for 65 picks like that's that, that's a sure way. To even if you do end up with your quarterback, to to have him fall flat on his face, right? And what's ironic about that approach, that idea of drafting quarterbacks based on need and why it's flawed, is that the Eagles have not drafted enough quarterbacks over the last sixteen years. Yeah, um, I mean, I would draft one every year. Exactly. I, I wrote about this last week in a column. The Eagles, have, since the in the sixteen years since they drafted Donovan McNabb, have taken six quarterbacks, four of whom you mentioned in your column today. The other two are Andy Hall, Andy Hall, Kevin Cobb, Mike Kafka, 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 and Nick Foles. Kafka, Kafka. You can tell you're from Philly. Um, Kafka. By contrast, I say aunt. Do you say aunt or aunt? Aunt. I say aunt. No. Aunt is proper. Well, you're so refined. My grandmother was um, my grandmother's like old school, uh, like uh, antebellum Richmond society. <laughs> like like we were going through her, her box of her aunt. stuff, and I fa- and we found a uh, Daughters of the Confederate 
or like uh, oh thought man. <laughs> wow but i mean it's like that's that's yeah I so mean, anyway but my point is but i'm saying getting, so she was like that's very aunt that's okay. very old virginia we ate charlotte's Russe. i don't know if you've ever had that that's no, a very old not. virginia thing i have not anyway getting back to my point Eagles six quarterbacks draft in the last 16 years the patriots who had tom brady that entire time drafted eight mm-hmm. the packers who went from brett Favre to aaron Rodgers. Drafted seven. Right. And the reason is because the position is so valuable yeah. that you either you can develop those guys and flip them into more assets, more draft picks, players, but et cetera, et cetera. And you may luck into one who turns out to be pretty good. But I I, I guess that's my whole point is that's how all these... It's funny because if That's you, how successful you look franchises back, do it. And it's if you look back, it's how all these great ones ended up arriving right. with their with their current exactly. team. I mean, again, Aaron Rodgers, you know, they the Packers were in a very similar situation to, to the Eagles when, when people were like, ah, should we... Should should they resign far? Should they yada yada yada? Well, they did both, and guess what? It worked out all right for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, Brady was a six-round pick, but but they took Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round. You know, knowing Brady still had maybe three or four but, years left. But but that's just it. We we all we tend to think of people tend to think of the quarterback position position in a zero-sum fashion. Like you either have one. And if you prepare to have another one, ooh, that's a problem. Like, you're going to upset, like, ooh, Donovan McNabb's not going to like it that you drafted another quarterback. Ooh, what does this say about Tom Brady's future? Who cares? You should have as many good quarterbacks as you can possibly have. And... Don't, and then you don't have to worry because you can trade a couple, you can keep a couple more, and you're set for a long time. Yeah. I mean, the Packers, again, look at the look at Pat, Matt, Matt Flynn. I mean, Packers are great at it. Matt right. Flynn, Matt Hasselbeck, uh, Aaron, was Aaron Brooks a, a Packer? Yes. At one time, they had Favre, Kurt Warner, Ty Detmer, I think Aaron Brooks, and Mark Brunel all in yeah. their camp at one time. But, like, that's the, the Packers, I, I would do everything the way the Packers do it, you know? Um, and that's, they, they, that's, to me... But again, I think I think Sam Bradford is a good way to start with that. You know, mm-hmm. you sign Sam Bradford, say, you know what, three. At least we have a guy where if we have a playoff caliber team, we can make the playoffs. Right. And again, that's like right. I don't, I don't know how you can dispute. The, the only argument is that's a valid one is is what happens if you sign Sam Bradford and he gets hurt. Well, that's you know, it's valid, but whatever. You know, if yeah. anybody, if, if if anybody you sign gets hurt. Exactly. I mean, you're not exactly. And it's also not valid in a sense where if you sign Sam Bradford. It, you know, if you don't sign Sam Bradford, it's it's like he's hurt. You know, like you don't have, you know, then you you're you're left with whatever your second option was. Right. You know, and, and ah, it's yeah. just it's, and can we get one more thing? I got to get sure. off my chest. This Chase Daniel thing. Where did this start? Where did Chase? Where did the whole Chase Daniel thing start? Because like this Chase Daniel, I mean Chase Daniel has been with two he's, NFL teams. He's thirty years old. He's six feet tall, and just two years ago. The, Doug Peterson and Andy Reid very well could have they had the option to make Chase Daniel their franchise quarterback and not give forty million dollars guaranteed to Alex, Alex Smith, Smith and they didn't do it so why like why does anyone think that's going to happen this time around well like where did that start I, I would imagine it started because I'm of the for connection the genesis okay. the genesis of these things I would imagine it started because of the connection in Kansas City and because there might for whatever reason maybe people are conjuring it out of thin air maybe they're getting it from somebody connected to Peterson, somebody connected to the Chiefs, that you bring in, again, it gets back to what we discussed earlier about the the Peterson-McNabb model. You bring in Chase Daniel, who Doug Peterson feels comfortable with, and then you find another young quarterback and groom him. Again, not saying it's smart, not saying it's what they ought to do, saying, right, it, fits the saying temp, it fits the model of what happened before. No, it doesn't, though. Like the, the, Again, they, they, they 
Doug Peterson and Andy Reid, if they liked Chase Daniel that much, they could have made him their quarterback instead of re-signing Alex. Like it was, it was, it was a question as to whether the Chiefs were going, whether I mean, the Chiefs went through the Sam Bradford question two years ago with mm-hmm. Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. And again, we've talked about it here. I'm not an Alex Smith fan, but at the same time, they looked at it rationally and said, "Well, what are the odds that within the next three years we're going to regret this?" You know, we're, the, the odds are a lot more that we're going to regret getting rid of this guy yes. than than re-signing him. And they did that, so it doesn't fit the profile. The profile is for them. To like bring Chase Daniel in as a backup, maybe you know. Maybe but I don't know. I, just, I mean, I just want to know when. Like, when is that? Who is the first person who's like? I'm, you know I'm what just, makes sense? You know what would make sense? This guy who's never started for anybody, who two teams have declined to make a starting quarterback, who's six feet tall, and who's never actually been anybody of no of consequence, even once upon a time. Like, I understand where the Manziel thing starts, where the Tebow thing starts. It's like ah, oh, these guys used to be. You know, number you know, it was like Johnny football, Timmy football, whatever. I get it. I get where those things start. I don't get where Chase Daniel starts. I get where Colin Kaepernick starts. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I understand. Logically, Chip Kelly might need a running quarterback. You know, Colin Kaepernick's on the outs. He used to be good. Went to the Super Bowl. Yada yada. But like Chase Daniel is just so such a random person <laughs> that that the literally the only. You know what it is? It is a suggestion born of desperation from people who just hate to admit that Sam Bradford is the only answer and the right answer for these Philadelphia Eagles. I think all of this is, this whole controversy, I think, is just people who made up their mind about Sam Bradford after three or four weeks and mm-hmm. now are just dug in to the point where that they are grasping at people like Chase Daniel as, as you know. It could very well be. I mean, that's, you know, it could very well be. We'll find out as time moves if on. Any, if anybody has any ideas as the this or any other topic that you've heard on the Philadelphia, not another Philadelphia sports podcast, email me at dmurphy at phillynews.com. That's D as in David, Murphy as in Murphy, at phillynews.com. And please, enlighten me, because it really bothers me. Also, as we wrap this up, if you have any suggestions for Murph to act, to act natural during a yeah, photo I'm shoot, not. he would really appreciate it very much, because we, we were in there for an hour and didn't have to be. I, yeah, God help my parents when I was a kid. I mean, <laughs> maybe, I'll, I mean, maybe I just needed a rubber ducky or something like maybe. that. But like, it's tough for me to act. Think about that. Like, think about the phrase, act natural. Yeah, it's an oxymoronic phrase, like jumbo shrimp, yeah, vanilla fudge. Smart podcast. Smart podcast. We'll talk to you all next week.